me, your host, Sean Lynn, in the pub for a dram with friends where we talk about faith, family, food, and fun. Pull up a chair and I'll pour you a drink. Episode 6. I pour a dram for our good friend, Kevin O'Brien. He's going to talk to us about football and fatherhood. Remember to subscribe on the YouTube channel and look for us on Heroic Men soon. Welcome to another episode of A Dram with Friends. We are blessed today to have a new friend with us, uh, Kevin O'Brien. Kevin's uh, from the South United States, and he's one of the men's leaders down there that I sit on the board with at the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance. Welcome, Kevin. Thanks, John. Excited to be here and talking with my friends from the North. Well, let's start by, uh, I've got a bottle of Powers here, uh, Irish whiskey. I figured, O'Brien, I better break out the Irish whiskey. Oh, and you got the Jameson's Black. I got the, I'm double dipping. I got them all over the place. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I'm doing the right one. There you go. Well, I don't know if you know down there, a dram is actually only an eighth of an ounce. So we're not encouraging huge drinking here, but uh, I rarely get that little in a glass. So yeah. <laughs> so welcome. Uh, thank you. Cheers. So tell us a little bit about who Kevin O'Brien is, please. Sure. Let me, uh, yeah. So uh, I'll give you the, the backstory. So uh, uh, dad, mom and dad, well, dad's from Ireland. So ethnic Irish, mom's mom and dad, my grandparents are from Ireland. So I grew up in Detroit, Michigan, uh, blue collar family. Uh, dad worked in the big three, worked for a company for Lear Siegler that uh, did seat for the big three. And, you know, I grew up, I was born in 1970. So I grew up in a time when um, here in America, we would call it the, the Barney time in the sense of we didn't learn uh, about our, our Catholic faith much. So uh, I always had a, a heart and uh, love of, of God, but I didn't have a love of the faith. So as I continued to, uh, to grow in my, uh, my, my physical ability, my, my faith life started to, to wilt away and um, went to college and played college football uh, at Bowling Green State University, which is where I met my wife. She ran track there. And, uh, uh, and the faith life just continued to kind of wane and, uh, I was fortunate uh, from Bowling Green to go play three years of professional football. So that's American football. And uh, we I actually played in the Canadian Football League. So there's a little. Which is I Canadian did that, football. That, yes. You know, yeah. We invented, we invented the you, game. So. You, you actually, yeah. Can, I always tell people Canadian football was wrong longer than, uh, than the, the NFL. So, uh, and I did that for a few years. And during that process, I, uh, I, uh, started to, I would say, come back to the faith, but more from a Protestant perspective. I didn't, uh, I didn't know what I believed or why we believe what we believe as Catholics. And I found some friendship and fellowship with, you know, our Protestant, my Protestant friends and guys on the team. And so I started to do Bible studies and stuff. And I was out in uh, Sacramento. So actually at that time when I played in the CFL, it was with American teams. It was called the Sacramento Goldminers. So the CFL actually had expanded into america yes and, i did a uh, little research and you guys lost your very first game to the calgary stampeders 
<laughs> hey, listen, I have my football card with Doug Flutie when he played with Toronto. So there you go. There you go. And uh, so in that process of just, you know, going, I ended up, we were leaving for practice one day and I put on a, I was just putting on the TV like you would. And I, I heard a, a non-denominational preacher who's t- still preaching to this day. His name is John Hagee. And I was just so taken back by his passion for the Christ, you know, for Christ and the Bible. And he's, you know, pounding it. And, and I just really loved what he had to say. And in that process, again, I continued to grow in a love of the word of God. And, and, uh, but I, I also was intrigued about my faith and my wife and I were, were, were a good boyfriend, girlfriend were dating. I remember asking her, I said, would you marry me if I wasn't, uh, Catholic and she came from a big family, big German family. And she said, oh, you know, I, I don't think so. And I kept saying, well, why? What's the big deal about being Catholic? So just kind of in that that discernment phase of back and forth and kind of struggling with it. And I'm sure some of the guys that are listening here uh, will uh, will appreciate this. And uh, there was a time when I was it was during the off season, my brother was discerning the priesthood, which in, in it was a shock. Right, how we were we weren't a very pious family. We never even prayed the rosary. And uh we had a debate, and that was actually more of an argument in our kitchen. My mom was there and my brother's a big guy, and he said, uh, we're going back and forth, and he he said we were talking about abortion. I don't even know how we got on the topic. And I at that time I was just confused and I said, Well, it's not something I agree with, but I don't think you should take that right away, right? Just mm-hmm. kind of tells you where, where my head was. And at that time, my brother was in the, like I said, he was discerning the priesthood in the seminary. And he's, he's a psychologist now that has nine kids. So uh, he, he, he kind of floats in the clouds with stuff, meaning like when he talks, he uses big words, and you're like, what? So then he shot me with an arrow of truth. He said, Kevin, no one has a right to kill an innocent child. And that was just like a, a gut shot. And here's what, where my conversion took place. He said, you know what your problem is? You need to get back to confession. And that was it. When I did that, the scales fell off. And I came to really just crave uh, the, the Catholic faith. And I ended up studying it. The catechism I've read a number of times. And I just came to learn, learn to love what we have. You can't love what you don't know. And I just, in that journey, it's been an amazing ride. And I just love our Catholic faith. Uh, my wife and I went through something s- similar where you would call us habitual Catholics or cafeteria Catholics. Yeah. Or if it if it was a nice sunny day on a Sunday, a, a drive to the mountains might be more appropriate than going to mass, right? So, right, right. Uh, but uh, then you, at the time, we got Scott Hahn tapes and, oh, and there you go. Jeff Cave and Steve yes. Wood, and it just changed our our life and uh it it is a a a monumental change well for us (laughs) yeah Uh, we had had a vasectomy after three kids because everybody in the world says that's what you should do because three is more than enough and uh and uh god had other plans and the government even paid for my reversal so there's miracles every day Yes. And, and we are blessed to have eight children. So, oh my uh, gosh. You know, it's interesting. We've had a, a, well, I should say a couple of friends that we're, we know of that have gone through the same thing. So, you know, we have seven kids. So I married my, my college sweetheart. Uh, the oldest is 20, the youngest is nine. 
And uh, so it's a busy five boys, two girls. And my son's playing college football down at Ave Maria. And my then son uh, went there as well. Oh, get out of here. When did he graduate? Uh, 2000, uh, 2012. So they had just started okay. up the football program in his fourth year. And they wanted him to come play. But he, uh, he, he had said he, he was married at the time and just wanted oh, to get wow. on with life. And he had yeah. helped start up the rugby program down there. So Get out of here. What a small world, Sean. That's phenomenal. You know, they really, we, we love it. He, he, he loves it. They're now doing, and I'm sure we'll get into this, you know, we're, we're talking about the Eucharistic processions and stuff. The entire town being led by the students is doing a Eucharistic procession, Patriotic wow. Rosary Rally, October 22nd. The entire town is coming together. So wow. it just really is a, a beautiful thing, you know. And my daughter's at Notre Dame. She runs track there, and then the rest of them are still at home. Wow, you've got yeah. a busy life. We're yeah. we're on the we're on the the back end of it. Uh, our oh yeah, eight, our eighteen year old just left last Saturday. At the last minute, she got permission to go. She's on Net Ireland, so she's in Ireland evangelizing the Irish. <laughs> God, I love that. It's wonderful. Holy cow! And, and then, but she's uh, part of Net Ministries. She's part of Net Ministries. Brand new. So it's it was quite a whirlwind uh, last couple of weeks for us, uh, and then our youngest is fifteen here, here at home still. So we're we're down to one child at home, and we're we're trying to figure out what life looks like when it's that quiet. Yeah. And I only have to feed three people, so yeah, uh, you're like wow, well, it's so quiet. You know, so where is she staying at in uh, Ireland? Uh, they're at the net training facility right now. Cause she's got to do the isolation and oh, they're doing okay, the training the at the same yeah. time. Uh, I probably am going to butcher the name. I think it's Ross, Ross, the beach up there. There's a, a beach on the North end of, uh, would it be, so would it be on the East coast or, or West coast? Well, I'm like County to me, it North looks North. like North. Uh, oh, North, maybe Donegal's up that yeah, way. It, it's it, it's it, it's in the county of Donegal. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, just, my mom's just, from that area. Oh, is she? Okay. Well, so. I should say her family's from that area. She's from Pittsburgh, but her family, her mom, her dad are around that area. Yeah. Well, and, what a small world. And Good I've, for you. I've got family that, like my granddad's brother and my granddad, both fought, uh, wore the uniform with Michael Collins uh, back in the day. So. Wow. Jeez, so pretty. I want to just sit and listen to your story. <laughs> no, no, like we're nothing. here to talk about you. Yeah, yeah, that's great. You've got so much, so much passion. I watched a video you had sent me about uh, Unite Our Nation and yeah. that was interesting. So I've been reading the Bible every day and I, I came across this uh, on Monday and uh, just, just hit home for these times. And it, uh, I appeal to you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that there be no dissension among you, but that you unite in the same mind and same judgment. So, mm. like, we got to start working together. And I love what you guys have done with the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance, trying to get... Yeah all the men pulling together. It doesn't matter whether you're charismatic or traditional oh, right. or yes. right? 
you're a man yes. in the church of Christ and, yes. and we want you, right? Yeah. Amen. You know, Sean, that's one of the things that even from the, the men's ministry, which is where, my, you know, you know, my heart is and, and really the men's ministry, the men of Christ here in Milwaukee is what helps spawn out a number of things. Uh, we talked about CMLA. You've got Virtue Sport, which is something we've started then Unite Our Nation. And this idea, one of our, our tenets in our, our vision statement is to unify. And to what you just said is that's what we need to do. Everyone, you know, that's the beauty of the Catholic faith. There's, there's, you've got different flavors, right? But we're all united under the Catholic umbrella, that, that universal umbrella that is Catholic and Catholicism. And it's just so beautiful, you know, when you study it and when you learn it and you understand it. Like, let me give you an example. We just did a Eucharistic procession rosary in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I don't know if you guys have seen what's going on in Kenosha or what was going on. Okay. So this is, it was so beautiful. I even getting chills talking about it. So you're now walking our Lord, right? Right through the heart of burnt down buildings. You literally, we look to the right and like, I don't know, 50, 60 cars all burnt down. You had buildings burnt down where people up top were videoing us, right? And then you had signs next to them. It said, kids live here. Like, don't burn down this building. And we're taking Christ into, uh, into the streets. And it was, it was ghostly silent. And then you heard us singing like Ave Maria. And it rippled through the city and through the town. And you just like, it's almost like this goodness that's flowed out. And people stopped and they watched. They knelt. They wept. I went off. So... We, 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 we did a, a big like loop around the city where it took place, a lot of the, the riots and stuff, and went into the park to put our Lord up on a, a, like almost like benediction, and then pray the rosary. And before I was coming into the park, I saw two police officers. One was next to his squad car with the glasses on, and the other one was next to his motorcycle. And uh, I, I was just so moved. I moved to tears, right? And I walked up to, to these guys, and, and uh, our, the police here have been – uh, un unbelievably brutalized, completely unfair. That My grandfather was a police officer, and these men and women are laying their lives down to protect the freedoms that we have. So I went up to him, and, I, and the, the, the first one was the, the police officer with the glasses on, dark glasses. I couldn't see his eyes, but he was looking at me, and I just said this. I said, hey, I just want you to know we're praying for you, and this is for you. And then he literally, he just looked, he could, the guy cried, right? <laughs> He started to tear. I mean, I got him. And I started to cry. I mean, like, not, you know, like keeping it in, but it was like bubbling yeah. up. And then I'm like, okay, okay. And then I go over to the other guy who had no glasses on, the motorcycle guy, the cop. And I said the exact same thing. And he literally, so he was looking at me. He just, it was like, not, not, he, he, he had enough to hold it together, not sobbing, but he couldn't even look up. There was so much emotion and tear pouring out of him. That I, and again, I, I it was just enough for guys, you know, like, hey, I got your back. We're with you. I patted him on the back and I kept walking. And there's that healthy, let me calm myself down, right? Yeah. And they just need this. And if I, you know, people that are listening to this right now, I believe more than ever, this is so powerful. Because one of the things that we don't do well as Catholics is we don't go out. It just, for whatever reason, maybe in Canada, but in America, it's more like, well, let's kind of lock down and let's close our windows. That's not who we are. That's not who the first Christians were. They were out there and they witnessed. 
not so much with their words, but their actions. And that's what we did. And guess what? Guess what happens? We convert people. I had a gal come up to me who's a Jehovah Witness right at the end of this. And she said, because uh, I gave a little talk to the, you know, to the crowd and stuff. And she said, hey, Kevin, I just wanted to let you know, I'm not even Catholic, uh, but this was very moving for me. So it's just a beautiful thing to see and participate. And we as Catholics, we should be do this. We should be the tip of the spear because we have the fullness of the faith. We just got to do it. And what's required? You know, we talk about love. And sometimes specifically with guys, you can think, oh, that's kind of weak. No, no, no. When you look at love, you look at the cross. And when you look at the cross, what do you see? Sacrifice. So love equals sacrifice. And what we need to change the world, and we can do it. If you had faith as big as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. We can move these mountains. We can make a difference. There's no question about it. Here's the thing. I get a call. Uh, I, get, I get an email on Friday from a guy down in Chicago. He's like, Kevin, call me, please. I, I absolutely am just... What you guys are doing there is so powerful. So we start dialoguing. And, and he said this to me, and he really fueled my belief to another level. He said, you know what? What you're doing and what can happen is when you take this and you take it even down to the parish level, and people are walking in the neighborhoods, they're taking Christ out and they're praying and they're healing, and maybe we're doing adoration in the church afterwards. You know what's going to happen, Kevin? Miracles. Not only the miracles of people being healed internally, but people who couldn't walk are going to walk. People who have terminal cancer are going to be healed. Why? Because it's Christ. And the only thing that's stopping this from happening is the world telling us we can't do it. No way. No way. We can do it. We have it. He did it 2,000 years ago. Of course he can do it now. So I'm just extremely passionate about it. I, I didn't pick that up at all, Kevin. You, you know, you, you're, you've got the Canadian Reserve. No, you didn't play in the CFL long enough to get that uh, Canadian Reserve uh, presentation. So, yeah, I was. I don't want to scare anybody, but it's just the idea of, I think that's it. You know, Sean, well, you're, I, you're that, you're a tech, you're a guy's guy. And, and that's where, like, you know, Jeff Cavins and I ride oh, together yeah. at, and we, we go around and, and, we just worked through, as a parish, we worked through the Activated Disciple, and it's exactly what you're saying. Like, we're just doing our part. Let the yeah. Holy Spirit yes. do the work. But yes. we have to step out in faith and encourage men and welcome them. Yes. And, and yes. like, I've been, the last couple of years, I've been purposely trying to keep it out of, our Facebook feeds and everything is all this negative stuff because oh, yes. that is not going to lead men to Christ. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like the football coach saying, come on, boys, you've got another, you've got another hill in you. You've got another push up. You've got another play. You can do this. Yes. And, uh, and we need men, men inviting men. And uh, what was interesting. Well, and here's the thing. When you talk about this, Sean, specifically what men, I see it and I know you see it. You have, you, you're seeing through the right lens. Men, right, I see men walking around in spiritual rags everywhere. They, they just, they're, they're in such need, right? In the gospel reading, talking about the good Samaritan, what did, what did he do? He helped those. And that's really where guys like yourself and, and, and men like that love to help men, we need to engage that because they are hurting bad. And they need that help. And they, this, is, this is a heroic thing. Because here's the thing the devil knows. 
he knows that to destroy the society, he needs to destroy the family. And to get to the family, he needs to take out the head of the family. And who's the head? The father. And that's the temporal father, you and me. And it's also the spiritual father. That's our priests and our bishops. And you talk about unif unifying, right? This idea of who divides, diabolical, to divide. That's exactly what he's doing. We need to unify. And we need to build up. We as men, and we need to encourage each other. We need to affirm each other. The temporal fathers and the spiritual fathers, we need to help them to lead. Because the cross of leadership is very, very heavy at times. And, and we in our own human weakness, we can fall. And just like Christ felt when he was carrying the cross, he had Simon to help him. You know, Christ sent them two by two for on purpose, right? And, and this idea, iron sharpens iron, this brotherhood. We have a saying, you know, that in my football team, you go, we go. You go, we go. And I, I live by that. And I use that even in my, my work where I try to build this unifying team that, hey, you go, we go. We stick together. We're Southern strong. We're Catholic strong. We just need to stick together no matter what happens. We know we win in the end. Let's just stay. Let's persevere. Let's be resolute. And let's continue to help us have the courage we need to press forward and to really drive this unifying approach that you're talking about. And what's interesting, I wrote an article like many years ago. There was a Canadian movie called Passchendaele. It's World War One, and and where the the premise of the movie is these guys move up, and the troops think they're their relief, and they're just a small unit, so they fall back, and these guys are caught in the foxholes, oh. not know <laughs> which way yeah. is up, right? And but they're holding back the enemy. And I, I likened it to our priests and bishops where they, they don't know where the fire's coming from. And a lot of them are afraid to stick up their head out of the, yes. out of the foxhole because they don't know if it's friend or foe. And yes. if the men in the church step up and, and, and advance so that they know that people are there for them, uh, I was talking to a friend who worked at the Vatican and you talk about that spiritual attack and she saw a lot of that stuff there. And I was in doing the episode with our local Bishop here. And she goes, what you men are doing in the CMLA is, is personalizing the bishops, bringing them back yes. to that shepherding mm. instead of the business of the church. Mm. Right connecting them as a man and and bringing them back to connect with other men so she congratulated the cmla on the, on what they're trying to do with this so and well you know it's it's so interesting when you look at this in, in the the idea you're talking about connection and connection is one of the things that actually can build confidence not only confidence for the men that you know the, the bishop's leading but also confidence for the bishop to actually do what he needs to do right cuz he's got a lot of different voices that he's trying to to you know work through the minefields and he's a human he's a man he's not some you know super person right he's frail he makes bad decisions at times and that's one of the things that we're really trying to do hard you know with CMLA with the local you know ministries like you know men of christ here in Milwaukee is really build that that relationship and to bring them down so there's not a disconnect between the diocese and the people, 
and it's interesting, you know, I, I saw this happen on, on Sunday, you know, even with the, the Bishop, Archbishop Listecki being there walking with us, just that connection, that engagement for him lifted his spirits. Not only did it lift all the, his flock that he was there with, but it lifted us up. And it's just so vitally important that we create experiences to allow this to happen. So what's the environment that we have that allows that connection to take place? And here's the thing, you know, sometimes we believe um, that we have to do these dramatically heroic things. And, and, and that kind of, there's an excitement with that. And, but we fail to do the little things. And what do I mean by little things? Like, okay, you know what? I'm going to organize this and I'm going to schedule the calls. I'm going to pick up the phones. And guess what? That's where the growth is. That's the, the white martyrdom that takes place. Last night, we had our, our uh, we have our friend, so uh, Father Cliff, who's the exorcist of the diocese here in Milwaukee, and we had him over. He was at the, the, the procession with us, just a great man, and, and we started, my wife was asking him a lot of questions, just about, you know, the battle and what's going on, because of course, he sees things at a different level, and he said, Kevin, here's the thing, and, and Leslie, all you have to worry about is the three essential things that the church has given us to, to, to focus in on. And the three things are one, grace, right? God's grace. And what do we get God, God's grace? How does he channel that grace to us through the sacraments, specifically the Eucharist and confession? The second thing is prayer. He said, making sure you have a strong prayer life, mental prayer, individual prayer, praying the rosary, very powerful as we know. And the last thing and which really ties to human nature is virtue. So this idea of developing good habits and surrounding yourself to allow yourself to develop those good habits. And I just found that simple three, literally three-step approach that has been for 2,000 years the church has taught just to go back to those basics and to implement that. It's amazing what we will see in the change of the men. All we have to do is go out and communicate it. It's no different than you as a football coach. Yes. Yep. You know, for the offensive lineman to make that block, it's it's a little thing, but that block makes the play. And yes. and a lot of people don't realize that the little things that they do in their lives make that difference. And I've got a great devotion to St. Joseph and and oh. he's he's a lot of the reflections are the little things that he mm -hmm. does that nobody ever sees, right? And and did. So uh so i just put in a speaking of saint joseph to your point i love saint joseph i just put a little uh grotto in the our backyard uh with saint joseph in it just i have mary in the front and i have joe joseph and it's even perfectly done where it's kind of like off to the edge the side where he's that way he's uh, he showed that that humility of just doing it on a love of god love of christ love of mary and there is so much strength in him you know the courage that he has you know, you talked about men, too. One of the things I want to throw out, because it's so important for men to realize, because I think men need affirmation. Uh, specifically now, at least here in America, you see a lot of, you know, let's tear down the man. Uh, we've got this movement called BLM, and, and one of the things they talk about is destroying Oh, you exported the, the, that the, one quite well. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that one, yeah, just, the, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. But part of what they want to do is destroy the, the nuclear family. And you're like, okay. That now you know that there's evil there. And when you look at this, and the data now backs this up, 92, I got this from Steve Wood, I believe, 92% of the moms and the children 
will follow the father if he leads them. So what do I mean by leading? That's an active approach. So if he picks up the cross of leadership and leads them, they will follow. And I think so many men need to realize that you have the authority under God to lead your family. And that does take a sacrificial heart. And it can be hard, especially when you have a lot of different things pulling at you. So one of the practical things I would throw out to guys, I actually I gave another talk earlier, and sometimes you can get into the, like, okay, well, what can I do uh, from a practical perspective? I mentioned the three things, you know, grace and prayer and then virtue. But in this is I've learned in, in the study of just nature, human nature, I mean, is getting your morning set. So mornings matter. So for guys out there that may be struggling and they, they're, they're a hot mess, meaning things are, you know, they don't have any footing in their day, focus on getting your morning set, right? It's amazing what can happen when you actually bring order to your day. That order will bring peace throughout your morning. That throughout the morning will be out throughout the afternoon, of course, to flow into the evening. And that is something that I have done most recently uh, that really has brought a lot of peace and it's allowed me to manage the things that I believe Christ has called me to do. Well, that probably would answer the next question I was going to ask you, but uh, one of the segments, and, and just for the people watching, uh, this is a working pub. You saw my wife throw the dirty laundry down the stairs. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, this is so good. The, the, the question is, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Oh, I would give that, but I, I tell you what, I, this is without question. Everyone listen up. If you're doing something else, pay attention. The number one thing that I have learned that has helped me immensely. Now, I talked about Mornings Matter being practical, but this is it. This is the higher why. You're like, okay, well, go with it, Kev, you know. Understanding our higher why and the highest why, right? So we can go back to the Baltimore Catechism. Why were we created? To love God, know God, why? To serve him. Why? To, to spend eternity with him in heaven. Boom. There it is. And I, I, this, is, this is my 18-year-old son. My, you can ask my kids. I have pounded this into them. What is your why? To get to heaven, to bring as many people with you as you possibly can. Why do you do what you do to glorify God? We as Catholics, we should be the best lawyers, teachers, plumbers, policemen, firemen. You keep, you go on, whatever it is, because why do we do it? We do everything to glorify God. And let me tell you, I must wrap that out 50 to maybe 100 times a day. In the middle of the night now, I will get up and I say, Lord, I love you. I praise you and I thank you. It's just coming out of me, right? And I'm doing, I'm, my wife and I are doing workouts. I'm rowing. All right, Lord, I'm doing this. I'm going to go harder. I'm going to do this to glorify you in every – I'm trying to really train the brain to literally drive that so that will move the heart so that you will become more sacrificial because everything you do can be offered up. And I never knew that. And now that I have done that, and guess what that does? That why has fueled my conviction or fills my conviction tank. So now I'm tired. You know, why am I doing this to glorify God? Guess what? I just got some inspiration to pick up whatever that is. Oh, I'm, I'm upset. I'm mad at the family. I'm mad at my wife, mad at the kids, whatever. Okay, Lord, I want to help me with this. All right, get a little inspiration to be kind when in the past I wouldn't be. Hey, I got to I gotta do a ministry. God, I can't do this anymore. Why are you doing this? God will give you, I trust in you. 
right? I'm doing this not for my glory, but for your glory. So I, why do I do it? I do it to glorify you. Guess what? Then you see these miracles take place. Like I am just utterly amazed at what is happening, the good that's happening. And it really goes back to understanding your why. Thank you for that. That's, that's very powerful. I remember, I remember I was cooking for an event. I had couple, a couple of the youth at risk that I work with there working off some community hours. And he's going, why are you always smiling? Like you're, mm. you're cooking for 200 people here or whatever. Yes. 300, and I'm going, cause I'm cooking for Jesus. Oh. Like I'm cooking for Jesus. And if we can remember that it makes life so much easier. Uh, I'm, I, I've had a rough couple of weeks here uh, at, at work. I, I work at a high school, uh, Catholic and a, a public school, and, and the Catholic school's been off the rails, surprisingly. I think it's because they haven't had any football, but it's back on now. So, uh, But the boys, I gave them a choice this last week. I said, okay, I can give you a – there's about 11 or 12 of them. I said, I can give you a $250 ticket for fighting in public, or you can log on to heroicmen.com, pick one of the programs on there, watch, watch the videos, and then come talk to me. What would you like to do? Oh, I love that, Sean. That is outstanding. So what did they say? 11 of the 12 took, took the videos. So, yes. uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to them uh, and just opening those doors, right? Opening those conversations. On well, what a man is. Yeah, you know, Sean, that just that is such a powerful thing uh, in regards to see. Sometimes we we, you know, we say, okay, we're gonna pray, you know, and and then we don't do anything. So faith without works is dead. So what you're doing is you're taking your faith into the world, and God puts you there. So He works through secondary cause. That's who's that? That's you and me. So he doesn't like magically appear. He appears through you and you being there for those boys. You literally, and this is the important thing. Sometimes we don't think this big, but you literally could be saving souls because you provided that opportunity that they may have never gotten before. And it's such a powerful thing when we think about it. You don't let fear take over. You do, hey, listen, I know my intention is good. So goodness will come from it. I'm going to do it. And I don't care what, the, what anybody says. I know this is the right thing and these boys need it and you did it. And I guarantee you goodness is going to come from that. Well, and that's where I, I challenge the men all the time because they're, they're, especially in the U.S. in certain communities, but all communities, the brokenness of the family and yeah. how many yes. young men are growing up without a positive male role model, whether he's your neighbor, your, you know, instead of looking him at him like that punk down the street, next time you see him, look at him, smile and say, how are you? Like, Hello, just start with letting them know that they are noticed and part of this community. Sean, you have such a great heart for that. And you know, it's interesting. You're the second person today in a different way. Your comment was different, but the, the theme was the same. Is really looking at people, you know, through the, the, the lens like Christ would look at them and, and to have that. And there, again, we talked about intention. That takes intention. That can be hard. Think of Mother Teresa. Look at what she did and how she looked at those people with maggots coming out of their legs or arms or chest or wherever it was and how she loved them because she saw Christ in them. And that is an intention that you need to make and it's hard work. But here's the thing. The more that you do it, 
the easier it becomes because you've developed that habit, which ID, IE goes back to that virtue that we talked about earlier. Well, Kevin, I want to thank you. I know you got to go coach football and uh, thank you for joining us Cheers. for a week a wee dram and I look forward to having one with you in person in the near future. Lord willing, we'll see each other in Columbus and uh, next year. And thank you. And you're, you're Irish. You should probably know this. Uh, the Gaelic term for whiskey is Ishkabaha, which is, Ish is water of life. Oh, that, you just taught me something. I did not know that. So there cheers you to you and all our Canadian brothers and sisters. God bless you all. And have a great evening, and thanks for joining us on A Dram with Friends. Thank you for joining us on this episode of A Dram with Friends. If you have any questions or suggestions, please email adram at godsquad.ca or go to godsquad.ca to make a donation.